I V M. Hello and welcome to the Wire Talks. I am Siddharth Bhatia. The Jallianwala Bagh massacre is a story every Indian knows. On April 13, 1919, a crowd that had gathered at the Jallianwala Bagh in Amritsar to protest against the arrest of Dr. Saifuddin Kichlu was fired upon by soldiers led by Brigadier General R. E. H. Dyer. As the crowd tried to exit from this one solitary path open that day, hundreds of people were killed, and the estimates now are said to be anywhere close to between 390 people—that's 400 people—to more than 1,000. Over 1,200 people were injured. The bark since then has become a memorial, a very simple one to replicate what. the situation was on that particular day with bullet holes very much visible and the narrow exit still looks the same giving visitors a chilling idea of what it must have been like to be trapped in now the central government in its wisdom has redesigned the path with freezes of all kinds of punjab scenes including baisakhi celebrations and this has drawn widespread condemnation one comment against it came from kbs siddu a retired is officer who commented on twitter i'm literally heartbroken having served as deputy commissioner amritsar from 1992 to 1996 i really understand what emotions the old entrance conveyed i mean his his four years there must and of course that he is from the punjab he is from punjab must have really given him special insights into understanding not just the sentiment but the importance of uh, jallianwala bagh mr sidhu retired as the chief secretary of the government of punjab after 37 years of service as recently as july 2021 he joins us as a guest on this podcast today welcome to the wire talks siddhu sir thank you very much for having me thank you yeah let's begin with what you said in your tweet your tweet conveyed your personal feelings on the alteration of jallianwala bagh entrance and exit but what exactly is the objection apart from the sentiment of the whole you know basically let me first of all start with the caveat that i have not uh, physically visited the renovated memorial but the photographs which i saw before and after more particularly were pertaining to the narrow entrance and what that narrow entrance has now become now what it transpires is that uh, the only narrow entrance which was preserved and which effectively was open on that day was barely you know five or six feet wide paved with the nanakshahi bricks so much so that even the machine guns which uh, general dyer had gotten were unable to get through now irrespective of whatever might have been done inside by way of conservation preservation renovation now what people saw was an entrance 
and immediately the emotion that you got was that of somber of sadness of melancholy that this is literally the only entrance and then of course you got a huge open space 5 to 6 acres and you would get into a feeling or emotion of uh, you know great amount of grief now it so transpires and that is what i think the designers have tried to put it in is a kind of a sequential type of uh, portrayal of uh, the events so exactly in that uh, entrance they've made you know it appears that the people are coming out which the designers subsequently have seen on the internet uh, i repeat uh, which the designers appear to be saying on the internet is that this was a feeling of uh, general rejoicement on the occasion of uh, besakhi being the 30th uh, uh, i beg your pardon i repeat 13th of april 1919 so now what really happens and what it triggers an emotion to me is that a person who is now going to enter from that place or where you traditionally used to enter where you used to have a feeling of melancholy and grief now you see a crowd which apparently is coming out and they seem to be in a happy mood so the very entrance and the very admittance to that memorial starts off and triggers feelings which are totally contrary to what this memorial is all about so that really i couldn't believe and i put in that tweet that I, these are not fake pictures but uh, irrespective of whatever might have been done inside that narrow exit is now paved with murals or you can say statues of people who seem to be celebrating Uh, the festival of vesakhi whereas that is the entrance and that has traditionally been the entrance i don't even know whether this is going to remain the entrance but if it is the entrance to the memorial then definitely it starts on a very wrong note and a very strong uh, i beg your pardon with the wrong footing and does not convey the emotions which this memorial or any other light and sound program or the museums are expected to convey yeah and i think more is coming from what i gather uh but we don't know because this is not a government that's transparent as you know now this was your personal reaction how has amritsar seen this because this is embedded in every every amritsar's heart it embedded in every punjabi's heart how has the amritsar is seen it how have punjabis in the state seen it what is there and has there been a lot of commentary in the local media has there been a lot of talk if you have spoken to anybody what is the sense and the mood you are getting i think the sense and the mood i have talked to a large number of people local people serving people youngsters people belonging to the shromani gurudwara prabandhak committee serving civil servants business people who have been you know wedded literally to amritsar and they say that uh, this is at best incongruous i mean it it does not really gel with what this memorial is all about for the people of amritsar this was a monument dedicated to a point of inflection in the freedom struggle it started as you pointed out with the arrest of two non violent uh, gandians dr saifuddin kichlu 
and Dr. Satyapal, and there was a general hartal, as you, in a wider context, you would uh, appreciate that the World War I had ended. India was expecting a better deal from the British, I beg your pardon, from the British Empire. But that was not forthcoming. Rather, you had the draconian roll attack and so on. So Mahatma Gandhi was already on the scene. So on this particular fateful day, people were protesting. And in narrow entrance, you had something anywhere between 10 to 20,000 people. Now, for people of Amritsar, this is an essential pilgrimage. It is right on the way to the Holy Golden Temple or Darbar Sahab. And more importantly, I've tried to do some research while I was in Amritsar as a deputy commissioner. I tried to get those figures. So whether the death toll is 390 or 1000, the general talk is that Hindus, Muslims and Sikhs virtually in equal proportions were massacred on that day. So if there is anything symbolic of the joint effort of the Indian community in trying to uproot the British Empire, it was the Jallianwala Bagh. And therefore, it is a very sad and a somber type of atmosphere when you used to enter right from the hustle bustle of the city, you know, a couple of yards inside, there would be a total kind of a silence. You could hear a solitary bird and it was a bare and spare so that flame was there, the well which has been preserved, that was there, bullet marks and so on. But now it creates the impression of uh, a museum, the entrance to which is, you know, paved with people who seem to be happy. Now, any person, whether a localite or whether from, you know, outside of Amritsar who visits, does really know the background of the memorial. So what he's expecting is a sober and somber and a melancholic type of atmosphere. But what he's immediately greeted by is a mural or a series of statues at the very entrance, which was paved with Nanak Shahi bricks. So that kind of offends the sensibility and sensitivity. And that is what I think mainly people are agitated about. Everything else, it is nobody's case that the lawn should not be spruced at the light uh, night, uh, beg your pardon, at the night better illumination should not be there, let it be. And if there is a light and sound program, if bullets are being fired and people crying, no one you know, really minds that, that, that ought to be there. But it is this single factor which people feel that uh, you know, this is not in sync with the sanctity of this memorial and what this memorial wanted to convey. I have been there, you were saying about, you were recounting how it conveyed a sense of melancholy and grief. I visited there many, many years ago. The visit has stayed with me because the first reaction is, the first reaction is that you're moved and you try and imagine, I didn't see the light and the sound show. That must have been even more striking, but you're moved by the bullet holes, by the presence of the web, knowing the story of how people must have jumped. And then you can imagine them trying to get out, people, you know, finding they have no recourse and the firing going on and on till the ammunition gets over. It has stayed with me after all these years. I remember those bricks very much. 
so this is really uh, somewhat cheapening but somewhat mocking of that sense of grief because now it appears like you know the atmosphere was perhaps a little jolly now has there been commentary in the media saying this you know there are two aspects of it let us first of all clarify one was the inaugural ceremony which the prime minister virtually inaugurated so there was a kind of a virtual light and show program and music accompanying that i only hope and pray that uh, that was a kind of a one off event you know synchronizing with the inauguration because that definitely was more in nature of a celebration rather than a somber commemoration so let's hope that uh, the people the event management companies or whoever was handling that made a hash of it that's one mistake that had gone but the entrance itself from where you got the feeling that this narrow entrance from where british soldiers or british indian soldiers whether there was the gorkha regiment or etc it's a matter of history they went and then there is an open space there's a peaceful crowd they're protesting of course but here are people soldiers and firing indiscriminately and hunter commission etc reports including the proceedings of the house of commons they very clearly say that brigadier general actually he was a colonel he was only officiating as a brigadier general so he was constantly telling the soldiers to fire low and there was a well so people thought they had better chance of uh, you know survival if they you jump into the well so coming back and that cost of repetition that entrance itself now is paved with happy people who seem to be coming out perhaps the artistic person was trying to tell a story that you know people were going there in a jovial mood and then sequentially go and you know this is what happened they are trying to tell a story but that story is well known what it immediately hits you is you enter jallianwala bag and there is a happy crowd and happy chubby children coming out that is not what the story was or that is not what the story we ought to convey so why do you think this has been done i personally think uh, first of all when we say it is of course a central moment but jallianwala bag uh, is governed by a trust which is created by an act of parliament way back in 1951 so even before the country had general elections the parliament uh, deemed it fit to have a trust which is set up you know under the an act of the parliament headed uh, by the prime minister himself in ex officio capacity and uh, of course you had the president of the indian national congress etc ex officio members you know that's another part of the story you know a couple of years ago they said you know why indian national congress president that has put it as a leader of opposition you know that's a separate matter you know understandable that with changing times those type of amendments would have come but for all intents and purposes i think uh, this job would have been uh, you know delegated or consigned to the department of culture government of india and uh, they in turn would have uh, you know hired experts conservation experts light and sound experts architectural experts you know it is supposed to be a multidisciplinary project and those people to my mind did not sufficiently engage with either the local people or the local historians and 
let us also be clear that because of the covid environment the bag in any day was closed people never really knew that some type of uh, renovation was going on recently when i visited uh, i wanted to enter this and nahi saab ye band hai abhi and uh, it, it was in pretty much in the old shape and uh, therefore i think the people who actually were doing the design etc were totally delinked from the local sensibilities and the sensitivities you know powerpoint presentations being made in the ministries and virtual meeting taking place so this would be the story you start with this you go there and you come back and this is so on so forth i mean we've got the khalsa heritage memorial in anandpur sahab which talks about you know the punjab during the pre sikh era then it comes to the sikh gurus and the birth of the khalsa and so on ultimately partition punjabi subha movement and it also very sensitively captures the blue star etc so you tell a story sequentially no controversies you are presenting what is historical truth here while you are presenting or trying to present a sequential unfolding of the events on that particular day you actually turn the story upside down and convey not only a totally different picture but also in a way that offends people's emotions and sensitivities and sensibilities so somewhere uh, there was a big gap people were not being consulted and uh, i would like to think that the covid lockdown only i would repeat that the covid lockdown only contributed to that uh, gulf uh, which would have been between the designers and the people who were ultimately accepting the design so as i was saying that there is a design larger design to uh, refashion uh, history according to what the new rulers say now that by itself is acceptable and understandable what is not is a the lack of consulting people b the lack of reacting to their objections in the case of sabarmanti ashram the local uh, and amdavad is a huge uh, architecture uh, community a huge historic community uh, historical uh, you know people who know their history and uh, also sabarmati ashram conveys a sense of gandhian past so this is virtually amounts to bulldozing and uh, you know i don't think even if there was no covid that there would have been any but that's my view i don't know what you feel about i think both the points that you made are very well taken and in that sense if there is any intention to rewrite the history or reinterpret the history you know that would be a separate issue of discussion and debate here no one is trying to rewrite history in one sense that no one is trying to say that uh, you know this massacre was justified or whether a particular community was responsible for it or the sacrifices of one community were less and yet they are getting disproportionate benefit uh, or publicity out of it there is no such thing i think it is something which is entirely insensitive and unpardonable that here is a massacre which has taken place and the very admittance or entrance to that should be a mural or a set of statues which conveys people in a happy and a jovial mood 
So what are you doing? And that old building, if there is something, one structure which needed to be preserved absolutely in the same shape and form was the entrance. I mean, people used to actually spread their arms and see that they say a lucky person is one who can touch both sides of the wall. And now I'm sure with those murals jutting out a couple of feet on either side, even a kid would be able to do it. So you could have you know, part of that gallery inside or wherever and to show that this was what the people were doing. But for it to come with the statue of uh, Shahid Udham Singh at the entrance, very good. He was a person who said to have avenged the massacre. And immediately you enter and you're going into a gallery which the earlier people saw was a narrow street paved with those small bricks. So that offense, it is not a question of rewriting the history. It, it is trying to insult, I, I would say, the martyrs. And it shows a very poor understanding, to say the least, of uh, the historical event and the type of uh, you know, sentiments. I repeat the type of sentiments associated. This is one of those uh, rare occasions when even Winston Churchill, you know, as Secretary of the State on the House of Commons has come out with very strong words. I may not be able to offend, uh, you know, quote. But, uh, and the British people, the Prime Minister, Queen Elizabeth has been there. When I was there, Batty Boothride was the Speaker of the House of Commons. They never formally apologized. At best, it was a regret. But with that background, you suddenly have a series of happy, jovial faces. And that is where you're entering into as if uh, it is a kind of a theme park. That is not what I want uh, the Jallianwala Bagh National Memorial, governed by a trust which is headed by the Prime Minister in acts official capacity, to convey at the entrance. Inside, whatever conservation has been done, etc., I think we need to do that and full marks to them if they've done it. But it is the entrance and that alone which really relegates everything to the background. What has the political reaction been, the Congress and the Akali Dal? But the Chief Minister, for example, has said it's not bad, it's nice. Uh, but what has been the general reaction of the Congress and the Akalis? I think the general reaction, uh, as far as the Chief Minister's clip was there, one has to see and place it in the context. The new governor was being sworn in and uh, at the exit, uh, there was a kind of uh, makeshift press conference, uh, so to say. And uh, of course, the chief minister would have, and he said that in his remarks that I wished, uh, I, the chief minister did say in those remarks that, uh, you know, I was a part of that virtual inauguration. And he said some words to it seems fine. So when he says seems fine, maybe he's talking overall in the context of uh, the memorial as a whole. And uh, he may not have personally visited, but I am sure if the chief minister were to be asked today in the context of the entrance, maybe his answer would explain things better. Of course, we all know the tweet of uh, um, Mr. Rahul Gandhi, but generally, overall, I have not found uh, even the hardcore uh, you know, BJP supporters coming out uh, specifically saying that this entrance is proper. Of course, the Ministry of Housing and Urban Development has recently put a small two, three minute video saying this is what happened, this is what happened. And when I pick up this rationale of saying that this entrance, they start off with those people 
congregating to the mela in a happy atmosphere. That is from this official video. That is what they wanted to convey. So politically, at least in Punjab, apart from that stray remark of uh, the chief minister, which I think was in the context of the overall event of inauguration, rather than the contentious issue of uh, the narrow entrance, the people generally have uh, condemned, to say the least, and at least no one has uh, specifically in Punjab said that this is the best design or the more appropriate design or a better design for the entrance. That includes the other parties also. Yes, whatever other parties, local parties. I may not be able to quote some high-profile leaders, but overall people and the national newspapers after the first days of Blitzkrieg, of the revamp memorial, also have been seeing, generally are carrying news that this has offended the sensibilities of people of Punjab in general and Amritsar in particular. I just read a Facebook post by a uh, uh, well-known Punjabi, that is uh, Neelam Man Singh, the theater director, who has said that uh, something very, very strong, similarly saying it affects, you know, we, we saw it as a particular place, and now we are made to completely relook at what that uh, history was. So uh, I'm sure that uh, there must uh, have been... To put in the context, uh, sorry to jut in, you know, Neelam Man Singh's uh, father and parents, and she grew up and I think was educated in Amritsar. Dr. Man Singh Narankari passed away, grand old man of uh, Amritsar. So very reputed uh, Amritsar family, of course, after her marriage, she settled in Chandigarh. And of course, uh, I mean, as a daughter of Amritsar, that is the feeling of a sentence. Artists, yeah. I think it's and uh, these are people who get a, a platform as well as a very articulate people. So she is perhaps speaking uh, on behalf of several people who may not have come out so uh, publicly because of whatever constraints. Okay, well, it is an optimistic hope because I don't think uh, public reaction has uh, other things. But uh, we live in this. So the designers may have picked up just a few points from the overall history and everyone knew that it was the Baisakhi, so they just hit upon that Baisakhi. But I hope that anything, and you also hope, obviously, that anything that has been, uh, you know, erroneously done should be eradicated and the old structure with the bricks, which is an important aspect of the whole thing, be preserved. But my worry is that this kind of detachment may continue elsewhere. So uh, you have a outside hope. I feel that that may or may not happen. So let us see. Just one thing I'd like to add, that when we talk in terms of Shaheed Udham saying going to England and assassinating, whom he killed was the Michael O'Dyer, who was the Lieutenant Governor of Lahore, an ICS officer, who actually subsequently approved the action of a General or Brigadier General Dyer, who actually ordered the shooting. So sometimes, since there are two O'Dyers, one is an Englishman and other an Irishman, sometimes in our history books, uh, people are writing that, you know, Shahid Udham Singh went to England and actually assassinated General Dyer. General Dyer died subsequently at a fairly young age, a natural death. 
and it was the ICS officer who was uh, assassinated in I think 1940 in the Caxton Hall. Thank you very much, Sidhusab, for explaining in a very detailed way the context of how it has been seen and how we must see it and how that might get distorted. It's certainly better than uh, you know getting just a tweet of anger and outrage. Uh, and uh, I hope every listener of this podcast gets to know that it is not as simple, uh, but it is also something to do very strongly with the emotions of the people of Amritsar and, dare I say, India. So thank you once again. That was uh, KBS Sidhu, retired civil servant who served in Amritsar four years in the 90s, uh, speaking about the redesign of the Jallianwala Bagh entrance and explaining its wider context. We will be back next week with another guest for The Wire Talks. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Fabian. Thank you. You can check out this podcast and other interesting ones on The Wire website, the IVM podcast website, app, or wherever else that you get your podcasts. Goodbye from me, Siddharth Bhatia, and the Wire Talks podcast team.